Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This Pastor Major H. Gilbert Sr. coming to you this morning from On the Wall E Ministries here from Alta Vista, Virginia, here at our uh, complex here in Alta Vista, Virginia. We thank God for joining us this morning at our ministry annex here. Uh, we are coming to you this morning at our Sunday school hour. We thank God for you on November the 19th on this third Sunday, lesson 12, out of our King James Version of our standard commentary. If you are using uh, any other literature other than Union Gospel Press, you can follow along with us this morning. Our lesson this morning is Freedom from the World, coming out of Colossians 2nd chapter, verses 16 through 23. Uh, as we started this morning, we want to look at our lesson aims this morning to be able to identify the head uh, that Paul is talking about it to the church. They then describe the implications of being dead with Christ and then recruit some accountability partner to make sure that such implication of, is a personal reality in our own personal lives. So we uh, look at that lesson today. God's law is love is our unit study. Christ frees and the law enslaves. So as we look at our study this morning, hopefully we'll be able to get a greater understanding of freedom from the world. So as we read this morning, our lesson coming out of Colossians, second chapter, 16th verse, uh, it begins with, let no man therefore judge you in your meat or in your drink or in respect of a holy day or a new moon or a Sabbath days, which are even a shadow of things to come, but body is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility or worshiping of angels, intruding the old things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. In verse 19, and not holding the head from which all the body of the joints and bands having nourished, ministered, and knit together increases with the increase of God. Wherefore, if it be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why are they of our living in the world, our subject to those ordinances, touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are purged with the using after the commandments and the doctrines of men, which things indeed a show of wisdom in will, worship, and humility, and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Uh, we do have beautiful text this morning, freedom, from the world, freedom from the world. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to come. And as we come, Lord, we ask that you would just touch your dear servant, touch my lips, that I may boldly say those things that you have laid upon my heart. Lord, we bless your name this morning. We glorify your name. We lift your name on high because you are worthy to be praised. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Christ Jesus' name, we do pray. Let every heart say amen. Mm -hmm. Freedom from the world. As we get into our introduction this morning, simple versus complex. Uh, I once owned a black uh, uh, Buick LeSabre with power windows. And because of this bad design of the poor construction, every window of that vehicle had uh, did get repaired sometime at one point of its life. Either the windows wouldn't lower down or they wouldn't raise up. And after completing the first repair, I longed for the precious old uh, uh, style of hand-cranked windows. And those windows certainly didn't break as often or it was uh, as I remember. But the power windows should have uh, made life simpler. Instead, they had uh, just the opposite effect. 
I experience more difficulty and annoyance because of those windows. In our today's text, false teachers in Colossians had been troubling the caution believers by requiring additional practices for the people. Their excessive requirement may have caused the Colossian believers difficulty in following Jesus. These false teachers weren't merely annoying the Apostle Paul and the Colossian believers. Their false teachings had eternal ramifications. So as we look at our lesson context tonight, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians in the first half of the A.D. 60s. And the uh, recipients of this epistle were a community of believers there in Colossians in the city of modern-day Turkey. When Paul had composed this letter, he had not yet visited that area, but he likely penned the letter while under arrest there in Rome. But whether Paul or not had visited Colossians is unknown or not, but he's heard uh, from others about the faith of the Colossian believers. Uh, he intended the letter to encourage them and to address the false teachings that had infiltrated that church. And the exact extent of the false teaching in our lesson is really unknown, but most of modern day understanding comes from the reading of this letter, uh, drawing informed conclusions based on the topics in our text. Uh, taken in account, we assume that both Jewish and pagan teachings uh, in Colossians threatened to lead uh, those believers astray away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this uh, synchristic belief system had compromised the various elements from the uh, other religions and philosophical uh, traditions that had not been rooted into the gospel of Jesus Christ. The false teachings had uh, included aspects of Judaism. Paul provided correctives regarding these lifestyle markers distinguished between the Jews and the Gentiles, such as circumcision. We talked about it earlier. Dietary restrictions and the observance of certain holy days. However, other aspects of those false teachings such as angel worship and misdirected fasting, uh, mirrored pagan philosophies and certain cults. Paul proclaimed that believing system, uh, the philosophy of vain deceit after traditions of men should not be followed. The belief system concerned Paul because it added requirements to the believers there beyond God's work that he did through Jesus Christ on the cross. Colossians 1 through 15 and 2, 6 through 15 features Paul corrected to the Colossians regarding uh, this Christ preeminence. Christ had made believers complete and raised them to a new life. And further, he triumphantly uh, spoiled principalities and powers. Thus, uh, the other philosophies, beliefs, and practices had been taken uh, 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 the Colossians uh, spiritually captive. They were captivated by those things that they were held accountable for, even though Christ did not hold them accountable to them. So if they continued to follow those false teachings, they would essentially deny the power of the work that Christ had done on the cross. So as we get into our study this morning, we want to look at, first of all, troubling judgment, shadowy practices, uh, verse 16 says to what? Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of holy day or in a new moon or in your Sabbath days. Uh, the law of Moses provided uh, certain restrictions that they had uh, not in meat and what they could eat and what they could drink. 
and they had certain days that they had to respect uh, because of what promises that they had made uh, uh, to God or God had made to them concerning certain days they had set apart. The Sabbath day was to set apart as that day of rest. Mm -hmm. They had to respect uh, uh, certain days according to their uh, uh, promise that they had made uh, and the covenant agreement they had made to God. Amen. But the thing is, Paul was trying to get these understand. He said, don't let no man judge you because you are not under that law. Don't let them judge you because you are not under the law. You are not commanded to eat certain meats. You are not commanded to withhold certain drinks. You are not commanded to uh, worship on certain holy days. But you are commanded to, uh, to worship Christ. And Christ freed you from these. But now you want to be held captive by this. So the Jews were telling certain Gentiles that they had to be held captive by these old covenant laws rather than being free to live in victory in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Then he tells us in verse 17, which are the shadow of those things to come, but the body is of Christ. So even though the law was meant to be our guide and to be our teacher, it was only a shadow of things to come. The law could not make us live right. We talked about it last week. The law could not make you live right. The law didn't make you follow the rules of the road. The law doesn't do that. But you have to have a, 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 a relationship with Christ in order for you to know that your obedience of the law is obeying him. He said that if you live in a country, obey the what? The rules of that country. And if you obey the rules of that country, you'll be obeying Christ. But Christ did away with that old law. He said that the law is only a shadow. A shadow means that uh, it looks like your shape, but it doesn't reflect your likenesses. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. A shadow will, t they, they call them in art. Uh, they, they do shadow boxes and they do silhouettes. So a shadow only reflects your silhouette. Isn't it right? It, it looks like your shape, but it doesn't give the details. Yeah. So the old law was only a shadow of things to come because they did not fulfill what Christ could do. The law could point you to Christ, but only Christ could fulfill what the law pointed to. He said, but the body is of what? We, we are Christ. We are here as being members of the body of Christ, not following the Old Testament covenant laws. Verse 18, misdirected humility. Verse 18 says that, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Mm -hmm. uh, then he says in the second part, intruding those things which he has not seen. He said, don't let no man beguile you of your reward of voluntary humility. Uh, what is voluntary humility? Voluntary humility is doing things that people tell you that you have to do in order for it to be a member of a church. Okay. And then you go and do those things, not out of your heart. You did those things just to appease that individual. So that's just voluntary humility. Yeah. You acted like you were humble, but you really weren't humble. You are just trying to comply to what they said you had to act like in order for to be a member of the group. Mm -hmm. In order for you to be a part of something, you got to act this way. So he's saying is, don't let people beguile you of your reward 
and that because of the fact that you are acting out of uh, character, you acting like church folks supposed to act, rather than acting like what your heart is telling you that. See, don't don't act like folks want you to act just because uh, I'm, I'm doing this because they said that's what church folks supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that you don't have any reward for that <laughs> because God sees right through that. Come on, because that that's that that's. Uh, us acting the way that the world expects us to act, but God don't want us to act. God wants us to be real, ain't it? Yes, he huh. does. Yes. We got a whole lot of actors going on, ain't it? Mm -hmm. Actors going on, and they act like, but they don't realize in order for to have a true relationship. So he said, don't let nobody beguile you saying that you had to act a certain way. And then he said, uh, worshiping of angels. And our text, if you read through our lesson, they don't give you any details exactly of why they were worshiping of angels. One fell at the feet of Paul, and Paul said, I'm a man just like you are. You know, they, they, they would, they, because of the work that they were doing on the ministry, sometimes they would worship them as angels. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to come at you real straight now. Don't worship your pastor. Come on, preacher. He's the angel of the church. Mm -hmm. But he says that don't you don't you worship angels? Because mm -hmm. only God what mm -hmm. th that deserves our worship, ain't it? Mm -hmm. To worship yeah. God, you got a lot of people worshiping people. Follow them wherever they go. They join this church, and then and when the pastor leaves, they leave with the pastor. They're following him instead of following Christ. Amen. He said, don't you follow and worship those leaders, those those angels, because they're gonna die like you die. And they have no heaven or hell to put you in. And they can't do nothing about your uh, uh, e uh, eternal life mm -hmm. except bring harm to it. Yep. <laughs> See, people can do something with your eternal life. Christ can give you eternal life. But people can harm your eternal life by what? Putting uh, stumbling blocks in between you and what the word of God has for your life. Yeah. Uh, our lesson, you're free, ain't it? You've been fr You're free. From what people think, you're free from what people uh, got these ideology uh, type of thinking that you're supposed to do that as a Christian. You are free from that. You are free to serve Christ and, and, and to free to serve him the way that he uh, encourages you to serve him, not the way that other people do. He says, so don't be worshiping angels. And then he says, look, they're intruding into some things that they don't know about. See, you got people dealing with cults and, and I, uh, worshiping angels, uh, palm readers, hmm? palm readers, and, and uh, soothsayers, and, and, and people going to uh, uh, what, what they call them, seances, and, and, and reading, and see, all of that stuff. He says, you stay away from those people because they are dealing with areas that they don't know about. There's a scripture about the seven sons of Sceva. The seven sons of Sceva. He had seven sons. And, and, and he, he, he was of God. And the seven sons didn't know God. So, but they tried to act like, like what they did, what their father did. So the seven sons of Sceva, the spirit jumped off of what they were trying to cast out and jumped on them. And, and see, when you start playing with things that you don't, See, cult is not anything that you want to play with. You know, darkness is nothing that you want to play with. Because just like the Holy Spirit, 
there are other spirits that you should not be entertaining. Don't entertain spirits unaware because you might not understand what spirit you're dealing with. So the only spirit you need to deal with is the Holy Spirit because it represents what? The Spirit of God. So don't be dealing with those angels because he said in intruding into those things which he has not seen. He don't know what he's getting involved in. So he says stay away because why do they do that? Verse 18 says what? Verse 18c said, vainly puffed up in his fleshly mind. People are always, uh, how is it that individuals in ministry, they want to cast a demonic spirit out of you, but they can't mess with the one in themselves. Come on, preacher. So how are they going to cast out something? Huh? They can't cast out. God has the power to do that. Now, you can have the power of God, but we do that for what reason? So that they can have a puffed up. Come on, preacher. I can do this. Come on. I can do that. That's what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. Yeah. I can do this. But they ended up getting what? Jumped on by those spirits. He said they tore them up and they tore their clothes off and they went running. See, the thing is, don't mess with spirits that you don't need to be entertaining. Because spirits are what? Real, huh? Haven't you had a spirit to come upon you and, and all of a sudden you wanted to do something and all of a sudden that spirit was saying, don't do it. And sometimes you listen. <laughs> sometimes that spirit won. And, and, and so the best thing to do is what? Not to entertain those spirits because you need the spirit of Christ in you. That's a familiar spirit. And the other spirit just get us, what, puffed up so that we can say what we did. Spiritual decapitation. Yes. He says that, verse 19, and not holding the head, which is Christ, capital H, and not holding the head from which all of the body by joints and hands have been nourished and ministered to mm -hmm. and knit together increases with the increase of God. He said he compared the church to the body which occurs in Paul's writings, he previously declared that Christ is the head of the church, and if the body is cut off from the head, the body will what? Die. Yeah. You know what Muhammad Ali said? They said you need to fight and fight the body. You know, hit the head. No, they said if you hit the head, the body will die, but if you hit that body, the head will die too, won't it? <laughs> but if you hit the head, the body is going to die anyway. So the devil attacks what? The head. Let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus. So you need to have the mind of you in Christ because if don't, something else is going to get into that head. So he says what? Do not get disconnected from the head. I did a workshop revival and, and people, some they loved it, but everybody hated it because of the fact that it wasn't the, you know, Fine brimstone, but I, I taught about a spiritual disconnect. When you get disconnected from the head, when you get disconnected from the source, when your battery connection runs short, mm -hmm. uh, when your fuel line breaks, mm -hmm. when you get disconnected from the source of your fuel, mm -hmm. you are not going to operate at full capacity, mm -hmm. ain't it? Mm -hmm. You're going to be sputtering, uh, you're going to be running short. Hey, hey, you're going to be hiccuping. Things don't operate right when you get 
disconnected from the head. So he said what uh, the, the, the false teachers were trying to tell those non-Jewish believers was that, uh, that you need to not worry about the head. You need to follow these other things. Come on, man. So he says here, and not holding the head from, from where the body is nourished and the body is knit together and you increase your knowledge in God, you get, how can you grow in faith and get disconnected and expect to have results? You know, you, once you get disconnected, you have a what? Shortage. Yep. Ain't that what they call it? Yep. When you have an electrical shortage, shortage. that means that you disconnected and you're running on That's short power. Mm -hmm. But he said, if the body is cut off from the head, yep. uh, Ali said that the body going, that it's going to die. Ain't it? gonna die. It's going to die. So this church was on the verge of perishing, and they did not understand because they had allowed the connection. See, don't come to church to come to church. Come to church to get connected to Christ. Accept Christ in your life to get connected. Not because yeah. somebody said so, but because somebody yeah. wanted to. You come get to get connected. connected. Because it's mm. when you're connected, he said the church will increase in strength mm. as his members abide in Christ more. Mm. Growth comes from not our human works or our mm. efforts, as we're likely to be taught by those false teachers, but the church grows because God empowers us to do so. Mm. You know, he said that if I be lifted up, we talked about it on Friday night, oh, if yeah. I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto thee. They talked about uh, worshiping God and praising God. Some preachers will tell you, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus and the church get on fire. That was not what the scripture meant. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth on that cross and die for this world, I, that death, that, that sacrifice will draw all men unto me. No matter how much you shout, that doesn't draw people out of sin. No matter how much you run around the pews, that doesn't draw people out of sin. What drew people out of sin and had the power to do it was what? Jesus the Christ. He, he said, don't separate the head, which is salvation comes from the head. It comes from Christ. When you try to take Christ out of it, it just becomes another organization. It doesn't, it's not the church. It's just another organization. Let's drop down to number two, worldly rules. Worldly rules. He said, wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why are, are as thou living in the world, are ye subject to those audiences? He says that if you're dead to Christ, those audiences don't have anything to do with you. I think we talked about it other Sunday here. When you're dead, you're not under the law anymore. So if you're dead in Christ, you're not under those ordinances anymore. So why are you trying to uh, bring those ordinances back when God has put to death those things in your life? Mm -hmm. You don't need to bring those back because he knows you couldn't follow the law anyway. Yeah. He says that you're trying to hold them accountable right. for things that we could not do. Could. God, if Jesus, if, 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 if humanity could have followed the law, Jesus' death was in vain. Yep. Why would he have to die if we could have do it on our own? Mm -hmm. He said, you had the law and you couldn't live by it. Mm -hmm. That's why Christ came. 
to fulfill the law because we could not do it on our own. He said that, why for you were dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world. The world didn't have that authority over your life because you had Christ over your life. But now when you reject Christ, now you're under those laws of the world again that you can't live by. Huh? Then verse, temporary application. He says that that law, that old law, those things that they want you to go back to, that, that old relationship that they want you to go back to, those old people that they want you to go back to, the things that you used to do that you want to go back to, the things that have harmed you and hurt you in your relationship with Christ that you want to go back to, he says, what, touch not, taste not, nor handle it. Hey, he, he says that, uh, uh, it says in Proverbs, they talk about a prostitute. She stands in the door. And she has her bed made up with tapestries, flowers. And they said, when you walk by, don't look. <laughs> because if you touch, if you taste, if you handle it, it will be, hey, you are not big enough. You're not bold enough. I've been in Christ. I've been saved for 10 years. You ain't big enough. You ain't bold enough to handle it. Oh, I've been, I'm Holy Ghost filled and sanctified. You ain't big enough. He said, don't you touch it. Don't you taste it. Don't you handle it. Because you are not as big as you think you are. He, and then 22 says what? Well, all are to perish with the using of those things. And after the commandments and the doctrine of men. See, if you touch that, you're going to perish. If you taste that, you're going to perish. If you handle that, you're going to perish. So don't go back trying to handle those things following the commandments and the doctrines of men. Folks, God tells you what to do, what not to do. Men tells you what they think. And then you're going to follow what men think, the doctrine of men, rather than following the doctrine of God. Mm -hmm. huh? We do that sometimes. Mm -hmm. We follow what men say. Limited force, he said in 23. He said, with these things indeed, show a good wisdom in your worship, in your humility, and neglecting of the body, but not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God, not to the satisfying of the flesh. Do it to the glory of God so that uh, he'll get the glory, and then uh, you'll get the benefits of it. All that God asks you to do is for your favor. It's for Amen. your benefit. Amen. God is not trying to do something to take something away from you. Mm -hmm. God is not trying to do something to, uh, to, so that you would not enjoy uh, the greatest pleasures of life. God gives you great pleasure. You know? Some of the worst things that can happen is uh, getting involved in things that are not godly. Mm -hmm. Those things that are not godly will draw you away from and hurt you, but things that will draw you toward Christ will be beneficial to the body. Amen. Do those things that will satisfy Christ Amen. rather than satisfy the flesh. Because the things of the flesh are things that will pull you away from God mm -hmm. and will draw you away from his goodness. So as we conclude today, we got three minutes. See, some false teachers in Colossians had made Christian life more complicated 
by what they required by God. And they added obligations beyond, beyond God's to those Colossian believers. And we don't know why these teachers presented Colossians with these things. The false teachers had forgotten altogether, disregarded the importance of the connection that we have with Christ, the head of the church. Instead of seeking life in Christ, they vainly sought to seek wisdom through their human regulations. And it can be tempting sometimes to believe that we don't add anything extra to our faith. Sometimes we think that we have to do certain things in order for to please God, and we do that, and we think God is satisfied, rather than trying to just uh, do what God requires us to do rather than adding certain things on it. Plus, mm -hmm. uh, it says here that our observance of these rule guidelines does not mean that our hearts are automatically more or less holy, but issues arise if we fail to follow the rules uh, that uh, at the same level as God's word requires. Mm -hmm. We should carefully examine our behavior regarding such regulations and ensure that you are first maintain your relationship with Christ, the head of the church, and what, after all, can be added to the gospel of salvation through Christ. What can you add? Mm -hmm. You don't have to do nothing but believe and be saved. Amen. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, he said, thou shalt be saved. But then you got to be able to come to a church. You got to be able to join a Baptist church. You got to be able to join that church and then filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then you got to evidence it by speaking in tongues. Mm -hmm. and then, so we add all of these things yes, rather do. than just saying, I'm saved Amen. by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. After you add all of those things to it, do you understand that those people who added couldn't do it? Everybody that adds certain things to you to be a part of cannot do it either. So they're adding things that they could not do themselves. Amen. So as the Spirit's leading, we should what? Feel free to engage those practices that lead to the glory of God and edification of other believers. Amen. Seek the head and then heed to the Spirit. So our prayer today. Heavenly Father, we want wisdom that only you can give. Soften our hearts so that we can be attentive to the work of your spirit. Guide us to follow your will. May we as the body always remain attached to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So our thought to remember this morning is spiritual life comes from Christ Jesus, the head. It doesn't come from man following his doctrines and the doctrine of this world. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. We thank God for you joining us at our Sunday school hour. And we're going to ask to take a little brief pause for a minute uh, to be able to get our cameras set up so to begin uh, filming our morning message. So we thank God for that. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you. We ask that you would just continue to bless us as we grow, as we come into the knowledge of your word. Just bless in a mighty way. Help us, O oh Heavenly Father, put you first before us in all things. You're the head. You're the head of our life. So, Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Christ Jesus' name, let every heart say amen. amen. God bless you.